Welcome to Broken Catholic, the show where I interview practicing Catholics, non-Catholics, and recovering Catholics about why the world isn't working right now, and tackle unspeakable topics that many people secretly struggle with but won't admit. See, I believe that God is in the business of transformation, so I'm here to stand for you having a transformation so big that when God is done with you, you're barely recognizable. I'm your host, your coach, your brother, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist, and I freely share my personal struggles of being a modern Catholic man. It's freaking hard. I don't have it all figured out. I'm a work in progress just like you, and that's okay. Today, our featured guest is Juhi Corey, and our topic is self-doubt. I don't have what it takes to do this. I'm not capable. So, Juhi, welcome to the show, and I'd like to enroll you in the possibility of God transforming the life of one of our amazing listeners through our conversation today. In order to do that, you and I must go deep into the awkward and uncomfortable moments uh, that sometimes show up and not be afraid to show our humanity, right? to be vulnerable and real. I believe this is what God wants from us. Can I enroll you in that possibility? Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Okay, fantastic. So, Juhi, uh, let's start out this way, is kind of share with our listeners a little bit about you. And first, I would say this, right? Um, Which category do you find yourself in? Uh, Would you uh, call yourself a recovering Catholic, a non-Catholic, or a practicing Catholic? Well, I think I would say I am a non-Catholic. And, well, about me, well, I am Juhi, and I study the University of Tampa in Tampa, Florida. I'm originally from Bombay in India, and I've been in the States for close to two years now. And I absolutely love Tampa. Tampa is my happy place, and it makes me, obviously, it makes me extremely happy. I've met some of my favorite people in the entire world in Tampa, and... I love Tampa. Yay. (laughs) Okay. So for our listeners out there, uh, we record here in Tampa, Florida. And obviously our guest today, Judy, (laughs) is a little obsessed with Tampa, Florida uh, in a good way, of course. Right. And I think that's a that's a pretty cool thing is to be so happy where God has planted you in the world. And from Bombay, India, to the other side of the planet, God has dropped Juhi off uh, (laughs) in little old Tampa, Florida. And she calls this her happy place. And that's fantastic. Juhi, if I may ask, you said you're a student at the University of Tampa. Uh, How old are you now? I am now 19. I will turn 20 in in a month. No, okay. two months. Okay, very cool. Yeah. So just to clarify, right, uh, just so that our audience understands, you know, who uh, they're listening to, um, you are 19 years old, a college student, and a non-Catholic. Is that correct? Yes. Just to summarize that all. <laughs> okay, cool. Right? And, and that's important because uh, a big part of Broken Catholic, this podcast, is having that open conversation uh, without labels, right? So it doesn't matter, Right. It, what we identify with or what we were born into, we could still have an open conversation. And I'd like to start this conversation this way, and sometimes I do this um, this way. So why do you think the world isn't working right now? 
I think the biggest reason why the world isn't working is because people are so close-minded and they're only listening to people who agree with them and their worldviews. So, because I know so many people from so many different backgrounds and it's so hard for them to even have a real conversation with someone who's not from the same background. Especially, I mean, at the university, most students, so UT has a large international student population. And very often I see people from the same country or the same sort of culture only hang out with each other. And I'm usually like the one, you know, like Indian person and like all with all these other people, with all people from every different place. And it's so weird to me that people aren't trying to do the same and gain all this experience. I mean, at UT, we have 140 countries represented and people are only hanging out with people from their own countries. Like that blows my mind how close minded they are. It sounds like UT is similar to the UN. (laughs) It's like all these countries represented here in this one location. Uh, Please continue, right? Because I really like where you're going with this. And yeah, it's, you know, that closed mindedness and a lot of important conversations need to happen in the world right now. And we're not addressing them. Why? I think you nailed it is because the second we share an opposing view to someone else, all of a sudden there's confrontation. There's, oh, I'm offended. (laughs) You're not offended. You just don't want to You don't want to hear a contrary point of view because you probably aren't strong enough in your own. And and you don't want to be challenged, right? And we become this country of wusses, in my opinion, uh, you know, in conversation. And the conversations never get started because they're shut down and stopped before they ever can. Uh, So speak a little bit more about that. Do you have like a real world example of uh, something in your life where that exact situation happen where there's a conversation, it's just happening happening organically on a, maybe a really cool or important relevant topic. Uh, and all of a sudden, someone with an opposing view is like shutting it down with conflict or, uh, you know, they're just offended or whatever. And the conversation just stops. That's a really interesting question. And honestly, because of the people that I surround myself with, I usually have the opposite experience. But I've seen conversations where people are, you know, they come from different experiential backgrounds and they're talking about things and they don't have the kind of open-mindedness or respect for each other. And so that that turns into just a yelling match. It doesn't turn into an actual conversation. And that happens in, I've seen that happen in class. I've seen that, especially sometimes it's between like a professor and a student, or it's just regardless, like you just need to respect other people. And I think that is definitely missing. I completely agree on that. So I don't want to get off track because today our conversation, <laughs> and, and you and I, I know, can speak a long time on that that exact yes. topic. So And we do. Yeah, and we do, right, <laughs> in real life. So that's kind of cool. Um, and just so everybody knows, uh, Juhi is one of my favorite humans uh, on the planet Earth. And, um, <laughs> you know, we're kind of good friends and everything. And so... Juhi, my, one of my best human friends, today we're talking about self-doubt. Uh, I don't have what it takes to do this. I'm not capable. So start us out on that. Um, where has that shown up for you in your life? Honestly, it shows up way more often than I would like to admit. 
a lot of times I find myself doubting not my capabilities but just the fact just whether or not I'm like living a lie of sorts so for people who don't know me I was a very different person before college and I truly think college and just moving to a different country at the age of 17 like all of that changed me completely and it really showed me who so growing up I always had an idea of who I wanted to be or I knew people who were a certain way and I wanted to be like that and when I came to college I had this great opportunity to completely start over and I created that version of myself the one that I can look into I can look in the mirror and say that I truly love this person and how did you do that like seriously <laughs> I'm gonna stop you right there because okay. that's really cool <laughs> Okay, and and you hear motivational speakers and others talk about that. Mm -hmm. Like, well, just create the person you want to be. And again, this this is very relevant to this topic, right? Because if you're someone who is living in self-doubt, you're constantly questioning who you are. Uh, do I have what it takes to do this, to, to hit that goal, to live that dream? Uh, but deep down inside, I don't feel capable, right? I don't feel I'm worthy of it or whatever. Like, how do you describe, first off, describe the person that you were back then, right? Because you, you just leaned into there was a clear before and after is that correct absolutely okay so how would your friends back then have described you <laughs> if you were being totally transparent right now wow. and not uh making yourself look good okay i'm not going to describe it from a friend's perspective because my friends were my friends because they liked me so i'm going to talk about maybe from like a person that i wasn't actually nice to so when i was younger i was very mean and very selfish, very self-centered. I thought that I was also super insecure for multiple reasons. I was very, so the only thing that I really, truly loved about myself was my hair because I have like really nice, long, thick hair. But and I still love it. But we call that Indian <laughs> advantage. Yeah, Indian advantage hair. You have nice hair too. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Please continue. So anyway, so I was. I was insecure and that showed up in the sense that I didn't want to tell I didn't want everyone else to know I was insecure so I had to pretend that I loved myself and pretend like I was the center of the world and so I had to show I had to show people that they weren't good enough so that I would feel better about myself and that's real okay so how many of you out there listening right now are doing that and it doesn't make it right or wrong. It just is, right? You're pretending that you're self-confident, but in reality, it's, it's false. You're faking it instead of just dealing with it and, and saying, hey, there's a problem here. I'm lacking self-confidence. I have major self-doubt. Let me go address this and, and make it better. But instead, you're taking the easy road. And the easy road looks like what Juhi's describing right now, yeah. which is, you know what? I'm going to pretend. I'm going to fake it till I make it. I actually hate that motto. Like, I think that is so bad for everyone because it does not, it doesn't induce positivity in my opinion. I think we need to, for me, especially like for me personally, with respect to self-confidence, I think the way that I became way more confident and fell in love with myself was when I started actually understanding who I was 
and exploring what my abilities and what my interests were and once you gain confidence in like over your once you are more confident of your ability in something that you truly enjoy and you see results i think that in itself is going to make you confident instead of like pretending like the world is just a very happy place i mean the world is a great place and i love it but you have to make sure that you have that mindset every single day so what i'm hearing you say right now is a really good point is you went out and started taking action in things and then getting results in those things that then naturally and organically created a sense of accomplishment Mm -hmm. and confidence self-confidence where before you were sitting around being and i'm gonna take very lazy just lazy (laughs) doing nothing and expecting to be confident and because you weren't doing anything which is what produces confidence is accomplishment because you were taking that lazy path of least resistance you had to fake self-confidence yeah and you did it unfortunately at the expense of others is what i'm hearing you say right Mm -hmm. you had to make them smaller so that you felt bigger or looked bigger yep is that about right yeah it was for sure and the sad part was a lot of people that i was surrounded by were the exact same way so i didn't see at the time i didn't see that as the wrong way to be because everyone was the exact same way and some of my close friends like we do that to each other and our friendship was like belittle each other and our friendship was based on that that sounds really really <laughs> terrible but... so let me clarify that so because i'm i'm picturing something else right i'm okay. picturing uh a s- several young people uh pumping up each other's tires right like inflating each other's egos and and their false self-confidence oh you're the best you're amazing oh you can do anything even though you're not doing anything mm-hmm. right and and they're literally enabling that fake self-confidence in you and then you're doing the same for them however is that not the case you're that saying is you're actually, the case. it is okay it is but then there's also the exact flip side of that where everyone's trying to bring each other down so the so <laughs> something that uh, someone told me once was about the uh, crabs in a bucket and okay i guess joseph was the person <laughs> who told me about this anyway no but i think that's a, that is a great analogy because every time the crab one of the crabs is trying to get out of the bucket the others pull it down so it's like people all of us were like enabling each other in the sense of inflating our egos but at the same time if one of us tried to take action the others would be like oh why would you take action like who does that like that's not the cool thing to do and when you're like 15 16 like all you want to do is be the cool kid so (laughs) that's that's what happened i get that so how did you make that transition right because there's there's young people listening right now juhi that uh maybe deep down inside of them even though they're plagued with all that self-doubt they there's a longing to climb out of the bucket as you said right to be that one crab that says man i don't want this fake life I'm empty inside. This this bucket's empty. It's it's an empty bucket with a bunch of empty crabs in it, <laughs> right? And I want out of it. And yeah. I see a, a different life out there. And they, like, how do you do that? How do you start taking that first climb when well, everyone is against you taking a step out? <laughs> and you know they're going to drag your your butt back in. For me, I moved to another country. 
And <laughs> I love that. I love that. She's like, you know what? I'm just going to take one massive run and jump from this bucket to the bucket called India to the bucket called America. Please continue. No, I mean, if, if you can and you're able to actually physically remove yourself from that situation, I would suggest doing that because I think that goes such a long way. Okay, so what you're talking about is taking massive action in the direction of what you want. Because you're so, so involved in that life that taking small baby steps is not going to help. Like you really do need to take a massive leap of faith. Yeah, I mean, but how do you do that? Where does, where does that come from, right? To push yourself and to create that kind of drive where you have to take that running start and <laughs> massive action at 17 years old to get on a plane by yourself and fly to another country you've never been without speaking partially the language, right? And I know you were taught english my first language yes okay so <laughs> sorry about that uh that was my own labeling i just did there Thanks, and I, I apologize for that um and i made an assumption but how did you do that how did you take that running leap of faith that normally paralyzes people i think it helps to wake up every morning and hate your life okay so <laughs> what i just heard you said say is that it helps to wake up every morning and hate when you your hate life. your life every single day one final day you're going to be like i need to make a change like it's impossible to live continuously like that tell me what that looks like hating your life like what did it look like back then for you for me it meant i didn't want to get out of bed i just wanted to hang out with the same people that i was hanging out with who i knew weren't the best company but that's I didn't want to take an action on that because it felt comfortable, right? It feels, when you're so used to the cycle of negativity, it feels so comfortable to stay in it because getting out of that zone is going, it's, it's scary. But at the end of it, I was so sick and tired that I knew that I would not amount to anything until and unless like I made some serious changes and I mean growing up my my mom especially would always be like oh you, you know you you're very intelligent like you have all the gifts you have so much potential and there were very few adults who like said those kinds of things to me because I wasn't taking action on any of that right I wasn't taking action on any of my gifts but there were a few people including my mom who like excessively believed in me and that helped. I mean, at this, at my lowest, when I couldn't see anything in me, and I was like, "Oh, I'm just nothing. Like I'm, I'm worthless." Like at the, at the time, that's what I thought. And that their confidence in me helped me see the, helped me see the potential in me. Okay, I get that, and that's a blessing, right? Because, and I'm, I'm gonna bring it here for a second. Is why were you born into that family where your parents actually believed in you? And some of our listeners listeners right now are were born into a family where nobody believes in them. Uh-huh. They're literally on their own. How do they get out of the bucket? I think it helps to go out and actually meet people because 
even if it's not directly your family, there are always going to be people in this world that care about you. Even when you feel completely alone, you just have to know the the right people to reach out to because there's always going to be someone who cares and who wants to listen and who wants to help. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. What, what scared you most about taking that leap of faith? Like, obviously... You're going to fly across the country, uh, sorry, the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've never been there before. It could go well or it could crash and burn, <laughs> right? And like what kind of self-doubt was showing up for you then? Well, I would say the kind of self-doubt that showed up was, so in India, the education system is very different. So we go to the same school until 10th grade. And then for 11th and 12th, we go to some, we go to another place. And my school until 10th grade is one of the best schools in the country. It is I was like in this bubble and I love that bubble. I was so comfortable there, but I wanted something different because I've always been a little more adventurous. So I wanted something different. I switched schools and I had the worst experience. So when I was supposed to come here, to me, that felt like it could either go extremely well or I could have another terrible experience like I had just had. And so that, I, I think that's where my self-doubt came in the most. Like, am I making the right decision? Like, so in India, life for a middle-class person is very comfortable, very easy. Like, we have maids, drivers. You, it's very easy to get access to those kinds of things because it's not very expensive. But when I was coming here, I, I knew I had to be very independent, live by myself. I had to do everything by myself and I mean the first time I used a vacuum cleaner was when I came here my my um, resident assistant the RA she taught me how to use it I didn't know how to change bed sheets I didn't know how to do simple things that you know a lot of people in this country grew up doing on a daily basis and it was just this whole self-doubt as in am I going to be able to do this like is or am or should I just stay in India and live this comfortable life so so for you out there who's listening right you know what are you wrestling with right now what are you stuck in what does that look like is the comfort that you're stuck in what is that environment that you're playing it safe you're, you're staying small and what you he's uh, sharing right now what's showing up for me is that you know here's a 17 year old girl uh, from one country taking a risk a leap of faith even though she knows it could go really bad like a previous experience and now she'll be stuck there you know she'll be stuck in this new country in a bad experience and that's scary that is darn scary because there's so much unknown right and i think that's the fear that paralyzes people most is fear of the unknown is this going to go bad or is this going to go good am i going to look good or am i going to look bad and and we we freeze we stay frozen in our dreams and we don't take those actions and you know Juhi did at 17 years old which i just got to say is courageous <laughs> it's really you. courageous and and the big point i want to make here is you know i asked what provoked that that drive and that jump that you did across the ocean and what i heard you say is that there was enough pain in your current situation of staying in this life of mediocrity and uh, just ordinariness and, and smallness, there was enough pain there uh, or more pain there than there was in risking the jump. Yeah, absolutely. I think you summarized that really well because that's, 
when you don't know what's out there, there's no positive or negative because you just don't know. So I, I think that really helped because at the time I knew that the current situation was negative. So some so taking a 50-50 chance is much better than staying there when you know for sure, like 100%, that it's a negative situation. Love that. Okay, so you just brought some mathematics into this, right? <laughs> I so, love math. Of course. Who doesn't love math? It's everywhere. So I like that you did that, right? Because you're saying, hey, this doesn't have to be like this emotional, um, you know, random decision. This is a calculated risk, right? That's what I just heard you say is I took a calculated risk, Joseph, because I knew if I stayed in my current situation and uh, listeners, I want you to hear what's showing up for you right now. Right. If you stay in your current situation that you know is a hundred percent not working for you and for your dreams, your goals, what you were created for, what God has planned for you in your life, and you know it's a hundred percent not working, it is easier, it is better to take a fifty fifty chance of going into a new environment that has that 50% chance of workability. It could work. <laughs> That's awesome, right? Simple, basic math. Love it. What else do you want to say on that, Juhi? I mean, for anyone out there who truly hates their situation, please take action because life isn't just going to happen. Like You have to make things happen in life. You need to take charge. But Juhi, I'm scared. Why? What's the what, what's the worst case scenario? The worst case scenario is I can fall on my face and I can look bad. Okay, really bad to those around me and then I lose my safety net. And yeah, granted, it's not the best safety net. It's my little <laughs> safe bucket, but you know, of of ugliness and negativity <laughs> and people who really don't want the best for me, right? They just they want to stay small, so they want me to stay small so that it keeps them staying small. Because if I start to do things with my life, it's going to make them, it's going to hold up a mirror to them that they're not doing anything with their life. So now they're going to actually outwardly try to hold me back. And I, I don't want to risk that. Like, how do I take that chance, Judy? Because for once, you do need to think about yourself over other people. When you're making that decision, I mean, I left my parents behind. I left my friends, my younger brother, who, like, right, he was like 11 or 12 years old. And he's my little baby, but I knew what the best decision was for myself. And I can honestly say my relationships with all three of my, my parents and my brother have strengthened so much since I have come here. So what I'm hearing you say is that by putting yourself first and your family uh, second, it has actually strengthened your relationships. Explain that to me because that sounds darn selfish. <laughs> I, I guess it, it might come across that way to someone, but once you actually make that decision, because when you're in a negative situation, a negative place, you're surrounded by negativity. There's no way that you can have positive relationships with people when you're so negative. But once you take yourself physically out of that situation and you start becoming more positive, you bring positivity into every aspect of your life, including your relationships. And for me, that, that was really important because every teenager has those moments where I can't stand my parents, right? And not physically being with them 24-7, 
that really made me like miss them and I wanted to be around them. So then we would take action and go on family trips and like see each other proactively instead of being stuck with each other. I get that. So I'm hearing what you're saying. And for you out there listening, are you hearing what Julie is sharing right now? Because she's sharing her heart, right? She's, she's being vulnerable and saying, you know, I had to take a leap of faith and I had to not be selfish on a long-term basis, but temporarily be selfish enough to take massive action to put myself first in order to get the strength, the courage, the, the drive to get myself out of a situation, an environment that wasn't working. So maybe you're in an environment that isn't working right now. Maybe you're surrounded by alcohol, uh, alcoholics, abuse, right? Maybe you're surrounded by physical abuse, emotional abuse. Maybe you're surrounded by drug abuse. Whatever that situation is right now, is it working? Is it working for you or isn't it working? Right? And if it's not working, then you want to take massive action. That's what you he's saying. And yes, self-doubt is going to show up. And if you have self-doubt, there's nothing wrong with you. Welcome to the human race. <laughs> right? You're human. It is human to have self-doubt. I agree with that. It's definitely human. It's also human to rise above self-doubt. It's also human to be extraordinary, to be powerful. And if you've never been powerful before in your life, that's okay. It doesn't mean you can't. It means you're capable. Juhi, what do you want to say on that? To our listeners, to me, to yourself, what do you want to say? What's showing up for you right now? I think it's so important to know what you're good at and what your passions truly are. Because to me, that's shown me how I want to be above the ordinary. It's shown me how I want to be, the, how I want to accomplish the things I want to accomplish. I, I mean, when I was younger, like I didn't know what I wanted to be or I had no idea. Every single day I would come up with like, oh, this is what I want to be when I grew up. The only thing I always knew was that I never wanted to work for someone else. And I think my dad has a very big part to play in that because he's been an entrepreneur his entire life. And I grew up watching that. And he was, even now, he's like, he loves it because it's like he's his own boss and he's created the exact thing that he ever, he always wanted for himself. And I look up to that a lot and I want to do that for myself. But obviously the way he's accomplishing his goals is completely different because I love public speaking and I love traveling the world. And so that's what I want to do. But he loves traveling too. Okay, so we've spent some time here in this conversation uh, really looking at your past and where you came from when you were trapped in that self-doubt and feeling that you were not capable. Let's go into what you've done with that. So what is your life looking like now after you took the massive action? Because I really want our listeners to get that you don't have to be stuck. You don't have to stay stuck. And here's what life could look like when you take that step. And all it is is the one step. And if you don't know the, the second and the third and the fourth step, that's okay. That's normal. We all go through that. All God allows us to see is the next step. Right? Uh, 
I, I believe I've read it somewhere that where they say um, having faith, the faith that God gives us, uh, is like driving down a dark road in the mountains, a curvy road with the headlights on. And all you can see is as far as the headlights show. True or true? True. Right. Okay. Does that mean you skid on the brakes, you stop the car because you can't see any further than the headlights? No. No. That would be unreasonable, right? Yeah. Right. So what do you do? You drive forward with the faith that what you can see will lead you to the next thing that you can't see yet, but you'll soon be able to see, right? Because your headlights are constantly moving and creating visibility of the unknown. And that's how life is. It's driving in the car with the headlights on, only able to see the next step. And God wants that. Why does God want that? Because God, our Father, wants us to always be dependent on Him. To never think it's us who's creating all the awesomeness. <laughs> Right? To never think that we're in control of everything. To never think that we are, that, that that power in us is coming from us, that we're the source of it. We're the pass-through of, of his power. And God doesn't want us to ever think that we are God. Because that's a lie. And that's just foolish pride. And then we'll fall. So God wants us to remain in him, to give him the credit for the beautiful, amazing life he has planned for us. So, Juhi, I'm bringing that all back right here, okay? <laughs> I'm bringing that all back, but I, God always must be part of this conversation so that we're giving credit where it goes. But I'm bringing it back to ask, now that God has dropped you in Tampa, Florida, what does your lo life look like now? We see what it looked like before. It was ugly. It was unworkable. Describe the workability in your life now. Well, for starters, even if I'm having, if I, even if I'm having like a low phase, I can wake up every single morning and be extremely happy and thankful and grateful to God just for being in Tampa. Being in Tampa, just just that makes me so happy. I could actually, I was talking to someone the other day, and I was talking about how there's. Um, my parents wanted me to come back to India for the break and I was like honestly t being in Tampa on a bad day is way better than being in Bombay on a good day <laughs> I think Juhi I think you should like run for mayor or something of Tampa <laughs> because uh, you're kind of a big advocate for Tampa so anyway please continue yes. on that right so wake up every morning actually loving life loving myself I can look in the mirror and be so happy about it. I get to pursue things that I truly enjoy because I've actually spent time discovering what they are. And it's it's fun. I mean, life is so much fun. One of my biggest things is I love Mondays, whereas most of the world doesn't. And I think it's so important to look at Mondays because that's the start of the week, work week at least. And you need to look at that in a very positive light because you're entering an entire new week of new possibilities, of new people, new experiences. Just There's so many awesome things that could happen that week. But if you start out with a negative mindset, you're going to have a negative week. Like There's no denying that. And so I think it's so important to do that. But I absolutely love life now. 
Awesomeness. Now, you slipped it in there earlier, mm-hmm. and I did not miss it. Okay. Because I'm, okay? Sure I'm like a Jedi master here. Okay. Of and you said that God is in your life now, right? And, and you didn't say in those words, but you mentioned God as, yeah. as part of where you are now. Mm-hmm. Was God always in your life? I think I've had phases. Was God in your life back in the self-doubt in India, in that crab bucket? Uh, I think I think I don't know where it came, where it stemmed from, but I was definitely very repulsed or repelled to the idea of God, and some of it had to do with being forced to follow certain things or being forced to. I don't it, it's just like a part of the culture and I didn't like the way I had to do things so but it was also I mean I was in like the, that stage that bad teenager stage so I want to rebel against my parents against things that I was surrounded by so any organized anything any structure right that's what a teenager does they rebel yeah. against structure rules <laughs> right we don't like it Nope. I'm in my rebel stage. I am yep. free to be me and you will like it. <laughs> I get that. Okay, so so were you raised with any faith? Was God when was well, God introduced to you in your life the first I time? I would say like since I was born. I would think so cuz I mean my my parents, my dad is very Hindu. My mom's very spiritual, but I went to a Christian school growing up. It's an awesome school, and I love it. Um, but I also had friends from so many different religions. I had friends who were Muslim, uh, friends who were Zoroastrian, just people from every. Because India is very, very diverse. So that was awesome, because even though all of us went to a Christian school, not majority of the kids were not Christian, but everyone had to follow the same structure, right? Because we'd have morning assembly where we'd all say the Lord's Prayer, we'd sing different hymns. And I still like singing those hymns. They're so much, they're just so nice and positive. And even now, because I, I miss that school so much. That was a piece of me. It, it'll always be so important to me. But yeah, heart. <laughs> but so I think. Yeah, I grew up with a lot, lots of different religions around me. Okay, so God was introduced to you at a young age is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Okay. However, uh, you said you're a non-Catholic. Mm-hmm. I get that. Uh, do you consider yourself a Christian or a non-Christian now, even though you went to Christian school early? Oh, I, I would say non-Christian. A non-Christian, okay. And so how is God uh, present in your life now? Well, I talk to God on a daily basis. I have conversations. I write letters to God. I think that's my favorite thing to do because it really helps me like pen down my thoughts and process whatever I'm thinking. But it helps to not just address that to the unknown or to myself. It helps to address it to God. And I feel just so much better doing that. It helps me just feel more positive about the possibilities. And Because it's usually when I'm not... I mean, sometimes it's like a very positive letter, but a lot of times it's like I'm not feeling very positive and I just want to talk to someone. But I sometimes it's just nicer talking to God versus like humans. So Humans can be so <laughs> overrated. 
I get that, right? So I, we're going to be limited on time here, and this could totally be another interview I do with you on a different topic. However, um, you know, God is, who is he to you? Like right now, who is he? Is he a, uh, just a concept of like a, a nice uh, being to speak to and to write notes to rather than to yourself and other humans? Who is he? Like if you had to describe God in your life, uh-huh. who is he? Who God is, is he? Everything. God is everything. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I grew up like, so in, uh, in Hinduism, everything... You, you think of everything as having life and there are different there are many different gods that are they're all like it, it's complicated but anyway so a lot of different things are represented by different gods and I really like that idea but I don't think there are like many different gods I think there's one God how did you and come to that conclusion even though you were raised in an environment oh, because at the end of the day Hinduism is still a monotheistic religion just like most of the world religions. they just believe in the other gods being versions of the same god but at the end of the day there's just one god who is known as the creator and i think that's parallel to every single religion okay cool (laughs) so who is god to you coming back to the same question i don't i don't understand the question i think (laughs) i just okay that's fair (laughs) uh so let me clarify my own verbiage here okay so how has god shown up in your life wow that's a lot of silence um (laughs) i don't know it's it in college i was introduced to the 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 concept of being agnostic and that was a very I, I think it's a valid approach if you're not actively seeking something if you're if you're trying to find reasons to not believe in god you're going to find them and if you're looking for reasons to believe in god you're going to find them that's that's what i think and i think for a long time i was just like oh i don't want to take action on this and so i was just in this like zone where i was like oh i like being agnostic it, nothing matters it's whatever it's like the daily flavor of the the flavor <laughs> of the day you know today i'm feeling chocolate <laughs> what does chocolate look like well they call it agnostic but let's have some chocolate oh it tastes delicious today please continue but then i think joseph and a few other people who came into my life at of at a time where I was trying to actively seek something and I wanted to believe in God. And that, I mean, Joseph and I have always talked about this. And Joseph is? You. Oh, thank you. Just oh. want to clarify. <laughs> Otherwise, if there was another Joseph, if I have a doppelganger, I'm going to have to take him out. So please continue. <laughs> but I think those conversations really helped. I have other influences in my life like my family friend in Dubai, I was, he actually gave me a book called Codename God, which is, that book really helped me as well, because I have a very, like, logical, scientific mind, where I try, I need, I need to see those analogies and those reasonings for the existence, and that, and that book has been written by a scientist, 
who said he's a specialist, he's an expert in quantum physics. And so he really relates all of that scientific stuff to his search for God and how he found God. And a lot of that really helped me process my thoughts better because before that it was just like, it was more experiential. It wasn't like actual. So what I'm hearing you say here, Juhi, that you did for you is that you were at a stage of life You've gone through many stages of life, like we all do, where uh, God was present in your life at an early age. Then you went through your teenage years. You just kind of rebelled from anything organized, and God got thrown into that mix. Um, And then you went through uh, the college uh, phase, which is, oh, uh, being agnostic and... um, you know, just kind of going with that, like I said, that flavor of the of the week or whatever, and saying, "Hey, this is comfortable. I really don't want to look for anything." So this yeah. is this is the path of least resistance right now. So that's cool. Uh, and then it, you know, you got to a stage of desire of saying, "Hey, there's got to be something more." You know, however, I want that evidence. I want that what um, what kind of turns my mind on. Um, kind of case study of God and, and show me that. And a friend introduced you to a book that really spoke to the way God uh, wired you. And I think for our listeners out there that are struggling or wrestling with uh, one of those stages that you bring up is how did God wire your brain, right? Are you the, the more logical, you know, a scientific approach like Juhi, or are you more the emotional, faith-based, you know, approach like maybe someone else? Um, and then find books on, uh, you know, speaking about God and uh, understanding that God does exist. And like Juhi said earlier, if you only fill your mind with reasons why God doesn't exist, and, and, and dump all that in, it's garbage in, garbage out, right? And you will come to the, the, the presumption that God does not exist because you're filling your head with that propaganda that God does not exist. If you start to pursue God in your life, he will show you himself. I mean, I remember one of the things you told me was to talk to God and say, God, if you exist, please show me. And I would say that, I would write that. And there's no, I can't, you know, point to one specific instance where I was like, oh, there's like a flip and the switch got flipped. But I think over time that saying that and with things that were happening where I would, you know, talk to God about something and pray about something and it would actually happen even and I personally don't like praying about things I'm not taking action about I always like I um, I always make wishes on like 11 11 but I never ask for these you know crazy things to happen I, it's always about something I'm working on because I believe in taking action and so somehow that just a combination of all the different factors I think it there's one day where I was like, oh, okay, I think I like having a relationship with God and I want to pursue this and build it and grow it. And that's what How I is your do. life better now, Juhi, with a relationship with God as opposed to before when it was just Juhi on her own? I think the biggest thing is not feeling very lonely because now even if I feel lonely with respect to like people that I'm surrounded by, I can always just talk to God and I feel like I have someone. So that was 
like the first time that I felt like that, that I felt like I had someone, even though I was physically not surrounded by anyone, that was like a really weird feeling. And I remember sharing that with you. And it was like, I mean, you obviously know what it feels like, but to me, it was very, very surprising. And I was like, how is this possible? (laughs) What do you mean? Describe that for our listeners. So I was at uh, this retreat with some people and we were at the site of like, um, like it, it was Christian, like the place, but we weren't there for any religious purposes. We were at this place and it had this really beautiful wooden church, like, like a chapel. And we had some, they, so the retreat was structured in a way where we had a lot of time for self-reflection. And on one of those things, I, we were allowed to like, you know, just wander off and walk anywhere in this huge place. And for some reason, I just felt like going into the chapel, which I don't know why, but I felt like it. And I did. And I was completely alone. And I was just singing or like meditating and thinking. And I was trying to like talk to myself, but I felt like I wasn't like I was talking, but I wasn't talking to myself. I felt like someone else was actually there and listening and like just being there for me and that is that's been my biggest thing i would say i love that and i really appreciate you sharing that is life without god is very lonely you said it so well it's just lonely right and yeah for if you're out there wrestling with does god exist does he not exist listen whether you're right if you want to be right that god doesn't exist you'll be right You'll find a way. Yeah, of right? course. However, you're going to be alone and kind of sad and just miserable. And life is just not good yeah. that way. I've lived on both sides. I get it. <laughs> um, and then if you want to believe that God does exist, just simply did do what Juhi did. <laughs> and she took my expert advice. No, <laughs> I'm um, But she took my advice. And it's not, you know, my advice. This is just basic advice is... God promises, if you want to know me, seek me earnestly, and I will show my face to you. I will reveal myself to you. And Juhi did that. She took an action. She took the one step. She put the headlights on, and she said, God, if you're real, I want to believe. Show me you're real. And over time, he did. He opened doors. He opened possibilities. And now you have a girl from what I'm hearing that was very lonely at these times of her life and just living in self-doubt and not feeling capable, not feeling that she has what it takes to do anything uh, powerful or big in the world. And now she's occurring on, on this podcast as someone who is on fire, you know, (laughs) powerful because she has not only a, a human daddy, but she has a daddy in heaven that it has created the entire world around her and the universe itself and with that comes power that passes through her that she can now apply by taking actions in the direction that god is calling her for that plan in her life so with that we're going to jump into the confession round and uh this is new for juhi she has no (laughs) idea what's coming here she's like what is the confession round well one we call it the confession round because it's catholic and it's a play on confession and reconciliation (laughs) and i'm just funny like that so uh juhi i am going to ask you 12 
quick fire questions. Whoa. And you'll have three seconds to answer each. This Are you ready? It's intense. Okay, let's go. Let's do it. Here we go. Chewie, what's your favorite thing about being an adult? Being an adult, I feel like a real person. Chewie, what's your least favorite thing about being an adult? Adulting. Doing like actual things that real people have to do, like cook and clean and like, oh. Pay bills. Yeah. Responsibility, exactly. Okay. What secret fear do you have about people? The. I wouldn't be able to help inspire them. Like they're so stuck that I can't help them. That's very scary to me because I want to help people. Okay. If you could be anyone in the world, who would you want to trade places with for the next seven days? Juhi. I love Juhi. I don't want to be anyone else. (laughs) (laughs) What do you wish you were better at? Thinking about the answers to these questions. <laughs> in the world, what do you think? What do you wish you were better at? Be Maybe real. Maybe sports. Sports. Because I just never tried. Okay. What dream are you scared of pursuing? Being big on social media. Like a a personality of sorts. Yeah, like Known an influencer. And, okay, got it. What makes you smile more than anything? Tampa. <laughs> And Judy. And Joseph. Cool. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? The first thing was being a doctor. Very Indian. Got it. If you had the power to remove any one form of suffering from the world, what would it be? Poverty. Imagine sometime in the distant future, and there you are, standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it. What I, I don't know. So here in the United States, I know on, what a tombstone is. I yeah, don't know on what a tombstone, have on it. normally what they do here lies so and so who did so, whatever. Oh, okay. So that read to us what it says. Inspired and changed people's lives. Got it. When you die, what would you like to hear God say when you walk through the pearly gates? Hi, Judy. Anything else? Okay. Hi, Juhi. (laughs) That's fair. Hi, Uh, Juhi. Welcome to heaven. (laughs) There you go. And last question. If you could come back to life and tell your family and friends any one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Take action and don't be comfortable. Got it. And Juhi, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? Uh, through Facebook or Instagram, it's just Juhi Kori, J-U-H-I-K-O-R-E. And you can watch my YouTube series called Hashtag Juhi Approved. Fantastic. And I'm just going to say that slowly because <laughs> Juhi's really cute British accent and the speed at which he speaks, uh, maybe you didn't get. So that is Juhi, J-U-H-I, Kore, K-O-R-E. So you can uh, pull her up, uh, just Google her, and I'm sure she'll be coming up because she's going to be a social media influencer on, she's already is, it's already <laughs> happening, and she's taking massive action to make that happen. Juhi, thanks for joining us today, and we wish you the forgiveness, authority, and blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for having me. Amen. Friends. 
Head over to BrokenCatholic.com for even more tools, tactics, and wisdom that you can use to transform your life and become the best version of yourself. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and remember that God the Father loves you more than anyone else ever can, and he is waiting to show you his awesome plan for your life. Now go spend some quiet time with him like Jew he did. Cheers. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.